Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Hey, thanks for joining me again for another fun discussion and some great resources that we're going to bring to you today. Um, I so appreciate every one of you that take time to listen to this podcast, and I want you to know that we appreciate you and all that you do for the kingdom of God. So thanks for doing what you do and keep going. There's a lot at stake right now, and we need to be effective for the kingdom. So keep it up, my friends, and thanks for joining me. We're looking forward to a great episode. Today, we're going to be talking about a brand new resource that's that's come out uh, that we're super excited. It's geared for kids age three to fifth grade, and uh, we are super excited about it. It's called Wonder Inc., and it's a brand new curriculum from David C. Cook, um, for those that you are familiar with it, um, or maybe you haven't yet, so now's an opportunity to check it out. We'll put links in the show notes for all these kind of things that we're talking about today. But but Wonder Inc. is is just, it's been fabulous. I've gotten a chance to get a good inside look at a lot of the different parts of it. And I'm really excited because we've got one of the leaders who has really kind of helped put all this together and um, graciously granted us some time to, to talk it through and has become a good friend now. I'm, I'm going to call her my friend. Um, and I'm looking forward to collaborating and working whatever in the future. Who knows what, what, what God will do. But, but Christy Penner Warden is part of that team uh, from Wonder Inc. and from David C. Cook that has put this together. So Christy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Tom. I'm so glad to be here. And yes, we are now friends. We can put that in the show notes too. <laughs> All right. We've made it official. That's better That's than Facebook right. official. It's podcast That's right. official. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, we've had a good time, gang, uh, talking off air, getting to know each other. And um, Christy, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're from Canada. So this is now, again, another international podcast, which we always love saying. It's fun. Anyway, sure. even though you're really just to the north of me, um, a few. Yeah, I'm not far at all. <laughs> Hundred kilometers, miles. Um, That's right. I can never yeah. keep it all straight, but anyway. So tell us a little bit well, about where you are. Thank you, first of all, for saying kilometers, not kilometers. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, so I'm in a little tiny town uh, called Saint Jacobs, just outside of Toronto, actually. So not far from what Canada, you know, affectionately calls the center of the universe. That's our version of the center of the universe would be Toronto lots happening in a big city like that uh, but I've been a kids pastor for uh, seven years yesterday actually and uh, and got called into ministry through all kinds of um, uh, kicking and screaming I guess you could say <laughs> but primarily I got called into kids ministry through motherhood and I do believe God had to make me a mother to mm. three uh, before he could make me a mother to many. And while the work of uh, pastoring kids isn't entirely or always maternal or parental, it certainly is what shaped my heart yes. uh, for kids and not just for my own kids, but for other people's kids. The truth is I didn't even like being a kid. And I always <laughs> thought kids were weird and sticky. So I'm the most surprised by this um, <laughs> call of my life. Uh, but I'm so glad that I uh, was stubborn enough to... Um, wait on clarity 
with yeah. God and for him to call me according to his timing and his purpose. Because mm. if, uh, if I hadn't, I probably wouldn't be married, probably wouldn't be a mom and certainly wouldn't be on the path with Jesus that I am today. Um, I think that childlike faith is um, a posture we were never meant to outgrow. I think that sitting in wonder, sitting in a place where you have permission to ask big questions, sitting in a place where I don't know is a reasonable answer, is the very best place to explore who we are and whose we are. And that really was the beginning of asking the Holy Spirit for more when Wonder Inc. came along. Um, And so it's from that place that I choose to lead. It's from that place that I choose to um, pray bold prayers and ask big questions. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, I've just had the privilege, like absolute privilege to be invited into some pretty sacred and special places where curiosity is the name of Mm -hmm. the game and faith is the hope of the outcome. So uh, that's really me in a nutshell. I I'm wildly creative. I'm outlandishly mouthy. I forget sometimes <laughs> that you can hear me thinking because I think out loud. And um, I'll try to apologize every time I get it wrong, but I'm really more curious about what you think about what I say than whether I said it right. I love to learn and grow together. Mm. And I, I do believe that kids facilitate that process rather than yes. hinder it. Yes. Absolutely. I think that's why God's kept me around children's ministry for so long. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I refuse to grow up. I, I refuse to not be curious. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's part of why my family won't go to amusement parks or theme parks with me because I'm uh, the inner kid comes out really fast. Um, and I, I, I let myself go and, and get lost in the wonder of it all. And, and uh, that's just, I get lost in outer space and, and some, that's why people can call me a space cadet. Cause I, I, yeah. <laughs> I can go to some place like that and, and lose, lose my mind sometimes. So I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, we always start our podcast off with a why kind of question. Um, everybody knows if they've listened to our podcast for a while, that's what we start with. So what's, what's your why and what's, what's the why behind, um, this curriculum of wonder Inc. Um, I'm just, I am, I am curious about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the why um, is really about the why, first of all, came out on the pink couch behind me and it came out of an invitation to a conversation with two of my dear friends, now dear friends at David C. Cook, where we started asking the question, what's missing? What does the Kidman community need? And in fact, that's just a more specific way of saying, why bother? Why create another curriculum for anybody that's been to a Kidman conference? There are so many to choose from. And I would say most of them are probably the exact right fit for a certain person who's looking for a certain type of tool to not only hone their craft, but also build the kingdom in real time in their neighborhood, in their community, in their midst. And so I think we can get into this dangerous place of good, better, best when we look at curricula, when we're actually all friends and we're all actually looking to provide and service the kingdom community in order to build Jesus followers for the next generation. So the why of Wonder Inc. was really a question during the pandemic 
-hmm. When publishers are asking, well, what now? When we can't physically be present, the digital age um, really came to life in a particularly panicky way in the (laughs) church. Uh And legacy publishers like Cook uh, didn't actually take up much space in the digital realm and didn't need to maybe or hadn't explored it yet. And and that's okay because that wasn't what they were built to do. But there became this gap of like, but can we? And why wouldn't we? And what mm-hmm. does this change about the shape of the church moving forward? So the why was, you know, from a pragmatic side, David C. Cook choosing to engage with the church in the digital age in a digital way. The bigger why, the kingdom why behind it is why. Why are kids asking the questions they're asking? Why are parents asking the questions they're asking? And how does the church engage with those things in real time? And I don't mean trendy questions or woke questions (laughs) or um, fleeting questions. I mean, the question that David C. Cook was asking in its research hub was, what do parents want to raise their kids to be? Or rather, who? Do today's parents of faith, so a very specific target question towards faithful parents, how do you want your kids to grow up? Who do you want them to be? And why is that important to you? And the the answer to that question that comes up over and over is we want to raise good kids with good character. And while that is a great answer, I don't actually think it's a faith-filled answer. Right. Because yep. I know a lot of uh, parents raising their kids outside of the church or in different faith communities saying the same thing. We want good kids with good character. And what and David mm. C. Cook with this product wanted to be able to answer that question in light of who Jesus is. And so good kids with good character. We know that the gospel is more is about more than behavior management. We yes. know it's about transformation. We know it's about inheritance. We know it's about the entirety of God's great big story that has one refrain over and over. I love you. Come home. I love you. Come home. And so what, what we want people to be able to say is we want our kids to declare with certainty. I am a child of God. That is who Mm. I am. And that my character and my behavior are an overflow of this lavish love story. And I can't help it, but be this version of myself because of who I am and whose I am. So the why questions behind that then became, well, who do we say God is? What do we know for sure that's true about his character? And what does that say about who I am if I'm his kid? And so that led us down this question, like, what's the question behind the question? Why good kids with good character? Well, in essence, that is a statement of identity. And Mm -hmm. identity is getting lost. It's getting confused. And I'm not going to say that it's one thing or that the way the world is talking about it isn't part of the conversation. But what I would say is that Talking about identity is a kaleidoscope of a mago dei, of 
knit in purpose of fearfully and wonderfully madeness. It is a layered experience of living out the gospel in real time, who God says I am and how I choose to agree with him about who I am. And that's, that's where salvation then ends up intersecting with identity. Identity doesn't solve the question around salvation. It just invites me to engage with it in a way mm. that defines who I am outside of my behavior, outside of my goodness, my character. We have a God whose character is consistent, yeah. is known, it's found in scripture, it's trustworthy, he's a promise keeper. If these things are true about who he is, what's true about who I am? So that was the why behind mm. even mining down on identity. And so then how do we get there with a scripture rich, a scripture rich story of God's big, beautiful narrative that includes each one of us. And the beauty in that is we are all made in his image, whether yes. or not we choose to engage in it. And so it now gives us language to talk with our neighbors and friends and those in our school classrooms and at the playground and the neighbor next door who doesn't agree with us. Mm -hmm. It gives us language to say, well, this is actually who I am and this is how I know. And that identity for me is so much more than one thing. Mm. It's so much more than I yet understand. It's a reflection of a golden strand of DNA that's actually the image of God that I get to reflect into the world and that without it, the world misses out on that strand, that piece of who God made me to be that only I can reflect. It's that beautiful uniqueness that's yes. just mine. That scratches an itch in today's culture. I'm not mm -hmm. going to lie that that doesn't scratch an itch about uniqueness. But here's what our kids are up against in the conversation about identity. There is a tension in the word identity because it means two things that don't mean the same thing. Identity right. means both my unique person, who I say I am, and it means belonging. I am Canadian. I am a Christian. I am a woman. I am white. Those are belonging pieces of our identity. And the unique piece isn't resolved by a sense of belonging. And so there's this tension that's created in our culture, in, in our socio-normative culture outside the church. And what we learned as we began to mine scripture for identity as spoken by Jesus through the prophets, by David, in the narrative of scripture, there is one thing that resolves this tension. The more I look like Jesus, the more I am the me I was made to be. Mm. That unique identity that I was made to reflect of Imago Dei into the world is resolved in how much more I look like Jesus with each step I take. I can't be the fullness of who I was made to be without him, but I can't be the fullness of who I am without looking like him either. Yes. And so that tension of belonging and purpose is resolved in the person of Jesus. And so that really is the why behind it, that we want to engage with kids today in the narrative, in the cultural normatives that are true for them and resolve that tension by saying Jesus is it. 
He is your answer. Yeah. He is the way, truth, and life. And he is the only way, truth, and life to truly know who you are and whose you are. It's a big why. It's a yeah. really big why. Yeah. It is. And it, and you're right. I mean, uh, our world, and of course we know, I mean, this, this is what the enemy has. I, I've said this a thousand times. The enemy's playbook isn't big. Um, mm-hmm. It's not creative. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't have the creativity like our father has, but one of his plays in the playbook is, is to muddy and confuse. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that term identity has become such a hot button um, and, and, uh, and unfortunately, even the, the church has become almost afraid to talk about it because of how muddy it is, because the confusion is there. Um, and if it feels like there are days I, I, I'm like, man, it feels like he's winning, even though I know he doesn't. Mm. Um, mm. But, but because of that and how, uh, you know, children are being taught so many different things and what I, what I, I appreciate how you explain that because that I want people to hear that loud and clear that this is what you're talking about because through it all and through this journey of faith formation that you guys have taken uh, and desire to take with the curriculum, I want to dive in it because I want to spend some time on this where we can break each of these down a little bit and talk about the values yeah. that the curriculum has. So you have curiosity, belief, faith, and identity. And those are tied into the values. And I love how you say these are, are God loves me. Jesus loves me. The Holy Spirit leads me. And I'm a child of God. I think those are really beautiful. I would like to tie, I would love to go in and maybe you can, at the same time, you know, you'll be able to give us an overview of, of the theme and the scope of all of this, but let's talk about each of those and the curiosity. Sure. And how do you, how do kids discover these those four values in, in the curriculum, how does, how does that come out in curiosity and, and uh, what are you, what are you talking about with that? And we'll kind of walk through all four. Right. Sure. So when I, when we started talking about the word wonder, we needed to look at what, what are the, what defines wonder? And of course it's such a nebulous term that leaves lots of wide open space for creativity, which of course is the playground of childhood creativity, exploration, big questions, unanswered questions. And kids, there's a few things they really want to know. They want to know who they are. They want to know who God is. They want to know more about the world around them. And so we have to create space for them to get curious. Yes. Because I think sometimes curriculum, the end goal is that you know a thing that we have predetermined for you to know. And I don't think that that's, that's necessarily the best way. I think we can, if you want a child to know that a fish swallowed Jonah, well, you can tell them. But if you want them to understand why a fish swallowed Jonah or why that's weird or how stinky, (laughs) what did that smell like? If you want them to remember the story for its purpose in scripture, for the why behind it, for the ridiculous creativity of God, like it's a ridiculous solution on God's part. We see it once. (laughs) It's super weird. It's nonsense. But man, do we love to tell it. If we don't let them get curious about why that would happen or why that's amazing or what that tells us about God, then it actually doesn't matter that a fish swallowed Jonah. 
And so curiosity is the first element of any lesson in Wonder Inc. that um, asks big questions and creates a life experience moment in conversation that says, have you ever wondered about this? Are you curious about this? What does this mean? Why do you know? How do you know? And so usually it's an object lesson, a game, something interactive to provoke. It's meant mm. to provoke the curiosity so that when we get to a place of engaging the curiosity with the story, they already have permission to be curious about what's missing from the story. Like yes. there's nothing in the book about how stinky it was. We don't ever talk about, we talk about how disobedient Jonah was, but we don't right. ever say, well, what would you do? Honestly, what yeah. would you do? Yeah. You know, We're, we want to ask questions that cause a child to have a moment of believing that there's a purpose and that yes. this isn't only a weird story. We don't want you to rem remember the fish. We want you to remember God. Yes. And so the curiosity opens up safe space to build a culture of asking questions yes. and permission to say, I don't know, let's find out together. So that's the purpose mm. of curiosity. I think As that is... I, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, just, I just think that is so powerful because I think one of the reasons why kids struggle so much with their faith is we've been too busy telling them mm -hmm. the story, telling them the answer, telling them this is how you should think about this story mm -hmm. rather than letting them dig into it and uh, and to mine, like you said, mine out the truth about who God is. And, and even, I mean, even the consequences of Jonah and, you know, what he chose to do. And, and I, if we don't let kids wrestle with that, I mean, that's part to me, that's part of what scripture says of working out your salvation, working out the truth discovery. Yeah. And, and we have lost that. I feel like in a lot of, a lot of areas of the church, we've lost that curiosity. Um, I, I always, when I'm teaching kids, I'm always telling them, I have a weird imagination guys. So not only was I thinking about how smelly it was, I was thinking about what would that do to you, you know, and no wonder yes. it says he came out looking like almost like a ghost. Um, you know, imagine what you would have done if you were the first person to encounter Jonah. One, you would have smelled him coming. Um, yeah. And then two, when you saw him, you probably would have been a little freaked out by that. You know, yeah. and I want kids to get curious about it. I want them to discover that because I think that's... <sighs> that's the faith development. I mean, that's, yeah, that's childhood. That's childhood. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So much. Yeah. So. And I think we have a fear of getting it wrong. Mm. And so we can decide in advance that there's one right answer. And if we know G I mean, the answer is always Jesus, that old joke that plays out about <laughs> yes. what's brown and in it lives in a tree and has a fluffy tail and nobody yep. in Sunday school is ever going to yep. say anything but Jesus like right. it just yep. he's just the answer. But yep. I think because we're afraid of so many things in the world around us, we feel we can get into this place of needing to just correct the world's lack of theology. Yeah. Instead of just embedding good experience with good theology. Yes. And okay. Jesus asked more questions than he made statements. Mm -hmm. So if we want to be like Very Jesus so. as disciples and disciplers of children, we need to grow comfortable with asking questions. He didn't even answer all the questions that were asked of him <laughs> or answer right. the questions he asked. He just provoked the curiosity. Yes. 
Right. Well, what did what does my father say? What did we learn from the prophets? What is it? If you do this, yeah. this, and this, what happens? He asked a ton of questions. Yes. And I think when we make safe space for curiosity, it also gives us permission to then state what we believe. Yes. So I think curiosity is the on-ramp to belief where we know that children don't experience love without first feeling safe, creating curiosity makes safe space that then allows me to trust that, well, if you say so, then maybe I agree with you. So curiosity in this, in this curriculum, the way we've laid it out leads to a statement of belief. This is what we believe. So curiosity is a collective and cultural experience that then leads to an us moment of this is what we believe and this is what we're going to talk about today. Belief is head knowledge, head understanding that comes Uh out of curious and out of answering questions. From belief, we lead to faith, heart knowledge, and foot walking of what we believe. And so from belief, we move into faith, which is participation in what we believe. Because of my faith, I know who I am. That resolves my identity. So it's a continuum within not just the scope and sequence, but also in how the lesson flows that we start with big questions that resolve with this is who I am. And this is who Jesus says I am. And this is who God says he is. And so I can walk this out between Sundays. Wow. And so that's how the, the, the four words, curiosity, belief, faith, and identity are actually building blocks of each lesson. And so the activity the learning, the video, the script, the the game within that is meant to provoke curiosity, belief, faith, and identity. And underpinning those four actionable contexts Mm. are our core values. And so if we state them, and what we really wanted to ensure is that we that we do not deny the Trinity, that we are constantly referring to God in three, three persons. Why? God himself is in community. He calls us to community. We can't do this alone. We do this together. God does it together. We do it together. He is our ultimate model and example of discernment in community. We can do the same for and with each other. And so we start with the Trinity in our core values. God knows me. Yeah. God knows me. Jesus loves me. The Holy Spirit leads me. I am a child of God. What's beautiful about that, though, in an age of curiosity around identity and really wanting to be able to say who I am, who am I? If someone says, who are you? What do I want a child to be able to say? I want a child to be able to say without a shadow of a doubt, I am known. I am loved. I am led. I am a child of God. God's story is a wonder. I get to tell Mm -hmm. of his wonder. And if his story includes me, I am a wonder. I am wonderful. I am wonder filled. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am made good with good purpose on purpose for a purpose by the one who knows me, loves me and leads me. That's the identity that we want them to be able to embody. But it starts with who is God? And therefore, who am I? God knows me. That means I am known, which means I must belong. Uh I can't not belong if I'm known. I can't 
be unknown. I can't yes. be unseen. I can't be forgotten. I can't be left out if I'm known by the one who made me. So being known has a, a rooting nature to it that says mm. you were never alone before the creation and the formation of this, this earth. You were known by the God who called you by name. Yeah. There are children for whom that has never been articulated. Right. And it right. changes everything about how they see themselves and about how they see God. We know yes. that both, not just identity, but also the identity of God has been weaponized in yes. our world. Will we get to reclaim that as love, love, mm. you are known, you are loved, you are led. Being loved mm. by Jesus means I get to share his love. That's the hope of the gospel, that I right. would learn to love and receive God's love, God's way through the person of Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection, and the healing work of the cross. That once I have that love, once I agree that I'm loved, I get to share it. Yes. And I think because of the idol, and I will be bold and say the idol of the word leader or leadership, and it culturally, it's, it's a high value to lead. It's, it's better than following. We see it in mantras like um, innovate, don't imitate. But yeah. actually the calling of the gospel is to imitate, right. not innovate. Yes. The innovation comes out of the creativity of who I was made to be, not out right. of anything I will do. It will be because of Jesus loving me, God knowing me, and the Holy Spirit leading me that you will experience anything innovative out, out, out of yes. me. Uh -huh. It's his creativity through me that makes me innovative not me myself. It's because yeah. I've chosen to imitate Christ and through yes. that creativity will prosper. And mm -hmm. so being led actually takes the pressure off of a child striving for something higher than where they find themselves. It puts the highest value on following. Yes. And it's not to discount the gift of leadership. It's to um, right size the need for us all to be leaders. That we are, if the highest calling is to follow first, well, then our gifts will reveal themselves and our position in that yes. will be known by God oh. and by his love, I will understand how to follow. And yeah. so that being able to say, I am led, my hope and prayer for saying that is that it's a giant exhale sigh of relief. I don't need to know the way. I don't need to know the answers. Right. I don't need to go alone. I'm led. I'm actually yes. never alone. Right. And so there's hope in that for the child that is like extroverted. They have leadership <laughs> gifting. They want to be all that they can be, but you don't have to do it first. You can yeah. always do it from a position of following. Yes. And then of course, being able to declare, I am a child of God. Part of the work of the curriculum is to declare that over children until they can declare it over themselves. That, mm. And it's the I do, you do. I okay. say it because I believe it. My faith right. has shown me that that's who you are. You get to choose to be a child of God. That's that's what salvation's all about. Yep. But that's who I believe you to be. And that's who I believe you were made to be. And so declaring that in the I am a child of God, the identity piece of the curriculum, that's where we see personal acts of worship engaged for the child. Oh. So whether it's writing out prayers, 
postures of prayer that don't include crisscross applesauce, hands in your lap, eyes closed, different (laughs) creative postures of prayer, creative postures of worship, quiet, loud, slow, fast movement, stillness. They all matter in the kingdom. And if we can agree that God made each of us articulate his image differently, then we can agree that different postures of worship get us there. So that would be the identity piece of the curriculum. And so that's where kids can learn who they are rather than this is who you are. Tell me what you heard from Jesus in your time with him. What did you hear? What did you feel? Where did your head go? What was your body doing? So returning to curiosity about how we see children engaging with the Holy Spirit in real time as well, and giving them not just permission, but granting unto them their God-given right to interact with him freely and lavishly on their own terms. Wow. Well, you can tell if you're, you know, as you're listening to this and if you haven't, you're, I'm like, say, I will put a link in the show notes for, for the curriculum so that you can look through. I, that was, those were some of the things that I noticed uh, that came through uh, as I did my little look into to the curriculum and read through some of the sample materials and uh, was to see all of that being engaged. And I really appreciate that because that's, to me, that it does encompass every child that comes into the room, uh, whether they're they're there even outside of a family of faith are going to come in and feel safe and known and are going to have that room to explore and be creative and ask their questions so that they know they can wrestle with their doubts and their fears and, and all of those kind of things. And I think that's, that's much needed in the kingdom for sure. uh, For sure. Um, Yeah. You know, I know we don't have a lot of time left um, for, for this, but I, I, can you give us just a little bit, tell us a little bit of overview of the elements that are with the resources yeah. and, and with this curriculum and, and, and that kind of thing. What, you know, tell us about some of the new things, sure. the innovative things that you've developed through this. Yeah. So the first thing that you'll notice is that the resource, the curriculum um, platform is entirely digital. So there won't be a box uh, that gets <laughs> delivered four times a year. And for some, that's disappointing. Like I will, I will say for some, they really appreciate. Right. It's um, like Christmas morning. You know, <laughs> happy mail. That's right. However, um, there are some limitations to doing, um, uh, to creating content exclusively that way or in a hybrid fashion. The truth is it's hybrid in so much as you can print what you need. You can print what your leaders want and you don't have to print or create what you don't want. So there's a few layers to what I just said. The first one that would matter to me is creation care. So you're not putting anything in the bin that you didn't ask for or didn't need. And so there's that piece of stewardship that really, really matters to me that we are only, you're only going to reproduce in hard copy what you know you will need or use because it just isn't there for you otherwise. Beyond that, the lessons within the platform, you choose how long, how much time do you have? And the lessons and edit according to the time that you need or the time that you have. Mm -hmm. And so immediately you're not printing out a five-page lesson and then like scratching out or moving (laughs) building blocks around. It does that work for you, which is amazing. The other thing that it does is allow you to move because it's on your screen and not on uh, a physical resource. 
you can actually drag and drop resources within the lesson. So let's say you want to do large group at a different time, just based on the, the context you're in, the building you use, the space you're um, playing with and trying to figure out different yeah. ways to use it. You can actually manipulate the lesson plan in real time by dragging and dropping. You can awesome. also add other assets. Maybe you want to add a slide that uh, shows a service event that's coming up. You can add other things into it. You can stream from it or download. Uh, so there's the, depending on goodness, church basement Wi-Fi has got to be, there's <laughs> got to be a breakout just about navigating <laughs> church basement Wi-Fi. Yeah, for but sure. That's a real thing. Uh, so, it is. Uh, there's also scripts. If you have a robust leadership team or really strong leadership that would rather uh, share the lesson in 3D, like as a leader, well, you can do that. If you want to take the pressure off your team or you have lots of new leaders who would maybe not feel equipped or ready to do that, there's a video. So mm -hmm. there's different ways to use it that actually will be contextualized for you by you. The other things you'll find is that there's a team channel. So as you curate the lesson and as you craft it just for your context, there'll be a place for you to drop it for your team to find it. There are also at-home resources. So your parents will be able to access what your kids learned. And then there will be follow-up activities and interactive pieces for families at home throughout the week to continue the discipleship yeah. journey in real time. There's also a channel for kids. So there will be games. They can create their avatar, ways to go deep with the verse or unpack the verse, play oh, with awesome. the big yes. idea of the week. So it's, I think what we want to really say is the tool of using your computer or screens or apps, it's not bad unless you use it wrong. That right. It's actually an asset that we can leverage for the kingdom and we can let Jesus be Lord of the internet too. We can give him that space. Yes. Um, and so we want to equip with tools and resources that allow us to do that on Sundays and every day in between. And so there, there will be um, interactive places for the team, interactive places for team with family, and then resources to go along with each of those things. And again, as a church, you can choose whether to create physical assets to go along with that as well. One of the most exciting lessons, um, you, can, you can get free downloads to trial Wonder Inc. And just to unpack the name Wonder, we've talked a lot about Wonder, but yeah. we don't talk a lot about the ink. If you think of ink as imprinting, that's the, that's the identity piece. Like the imprint of ink, like a rubber stamp. I am a child of God. Yeah. That's where that word comes oh, from, like just that. for context. But um, you can play with certain series packages already. And the first one, of course, I'm so glad they did this. They took the vision and the values and made it into a, a four-part series. So there is already available to play with and try for free um, the vision, Be Wonder-Filled, that value. And then it unpacks, God knows you, Jesus loves you, the Holy Spirit leads you, I am a child of God, as a four-part lesson. And mm. I think some of the best use of that, if you want to try it for free, is create four family nights out of that mm. lesson series yeah. and invite parents and kids to explore these core values and see what they think about it. See how it resonates with them. See how yes. they incorporate that language into their everyday and what it does to foster uh, spiritually formative conversations at home. And of course, each of those core values has robust 
theology and scripture yes. to go with it. They're yes. not just cute catchphrases. I think some of the hardest work was narrowing down which scripture we wanted <laughs> to use because the truth is this is the whole of scripture. I am a child of God and he right. wants to redeem and reconcile relationship with his kids over and over and over again. Yes. And so we give you tidbits and portions of scripture to find where this is true. But I dare you to find a story in scripture yeah. where these things aren't true because right. it just is truly the story he's been telling forever. And we get to join yes. in right in the middle of the story as his kids. Yes. So, wow, there is so much. And boy, I wish we had more time because I'd love to talk <laughs> more about this. And and uh, you've done a great job of sharing. And, and so I, I encourage folks, go take a look at this Um Check it out. In fact, uh, we're also going to put a link into ministryspark.com, which is where there's blogs and there's lots of information and how they break it down. So go check that out. I found that very helpful as I looked at the as well. And we're going to put Christy's uh, website as well. So you, if you're looking to connect with her or you have more questions, um, I'm sure you're willing to to answer those kind of things. And and I've seen you active in Facebook groups and and popping in and there. And, and so, and you're always welcome to ask questions in the KMC um, where she can answer those questions uh, as well. Absolutely. If you have questions, because we want to help you. And that's what the kid ministry collective is all about is helping connect people. And so if you are looking for curriculum, um, take a look at this and see if it's not a fit for you. Um, dig in deep on it and check out the samples and all those kind of things. So while, Wow, Christy, thank you so much for the time um, and sharing your heart for this. It really comes out loud and clear, um, your passion for the kingdom and for children to get the truth. So thank you. Thanks for doing that. Thank you so much for having me. All right, folks. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Kid Ministry Collective. Uh, again, uh, the, we just love having you as listeners. We appreciate your support and encouragement. If there's anything we can ever do for you, reach out, let us know. We're here to serve you and to help you. We're cheering you on. We're praying for you. And join me again for another episode of the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills and ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.